0: I still want you. Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 15 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called The Dinner Party. And you know an episode's going to be good when it's got a dinner party. I love a Dinner Party because it's a no-frills way. Everyone's under the same roof. There are a lot of things you can do with it. I mean, a lot of classic shows... Have used this dinner party trope well? I'll just name two off the top. One, The Office, of course. Two, Gossip Girl, the one Thanksgiving episode with What You Say. I mean, you can just really, I think those are two sides of the spectrum of what you can really do with a dinner party. Yeah, it's a nice clean way to get a lot of characters together who might otherwise be kind of tricky to sit down in one place. And let me tell you, this is not the last time we see a dinner party on The Vampire Diaries. Oh, I wouldn't think it would be. A dinner party is great because it's a way to get people together who don't know all the same information. And then that information slowly comes out as the night goes on. Ain't that the truth? As always, we'll start by reading the synopsis of the full episode. It's more than just a dinner party. Mm -hmm. Stefan tells Elena about a dark time in his history and the surprising person whose influence changed everything. After getting the truth out of Luca, Jonas makes his feelings clear to Bonnie and Jeremy. Trying to catch Elijah off guard, Damon arranges a dinner party for him with Jenna, Alaric, and Andy Starr. But last minute information throws Damon's plan into chaos. Somehow Andy Starr got this invite. Andy Starr is serving, bitch. I love Andy Starr. I'm obsessed with her because she's just like hanging out. Dating Damon, going to things like getting to be on TV. I mean, it's a pretty sweet way to be involved with all this. She's living her life. We'll see how long she's living her life. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't think she'll be living her life for much longer if, if it's even still going. <laughs> What's your over under on Andy dying? I'm not convinced she's still alive after this episode. Catherine had to eat something when she got out of that tomb. That's an interesting point, but we'll get there. We start the episode with Elena at the Lake House, continuing to read the Jonathan Gilbert journals. And she's reading specifically about a time in late 1864, 1865, where John is writing about life after they got rid of vampires. They're like, oh my God, after the vampires burned, everything was so much fun and so great. Like the monsters were gone, but actually, no, we weren't safe is the gag. They are like, actually, it was so great until about two days later when we realized that we really pissed off. Uh, some people with that little move we did. So Jonathan is having a dinner party of his own with some guy named Thomas. We don't know what founding family he's a part of, but we can assume he is part of the founding family. But we do know Honoria is a fell, so we can assume maybe Thomas is a fell. That's just logistics. All we know is that they're all having dinner together and there's a little bit of creaking outside and Honoria is like, hmm, that's scary. And Thomas decides to go and investigate, but they're pretty not worried because they're like, the vampires are all dead. It's fine. Let's all calm down. They're like, what is it going to be? It can't possibly be a vampire. So Thomas goes outside with a knife, not even a steak. Honoria is like worried about it. And so Jonathan's like, fine, I'll go outside. And he goes outside and he's like, hey, I can prove this isn't a vampire. And he takes out his compass that once again, he thinks he invented, but he didn't A witch spelled it. And he holds it up to prove that no vampires are there. But then it goes off. So it actually has the opposite of the desired effect. Yeah, he's holding up and he's like, see, look, it's not moving. There's no vampires. And then it does the thing with that compass. It just spins like crazy before it actually points in the direction. And he's like, oh. Hmm. And then there's some whooshing and Thomas is gone. And so Jonathan pretty quickly sees what's going on here. And then Thomas falls at Jonathan's feet, presumably dead. And Honoria has come out to investigate Jonathan tells her to go back inside, but she's not quick enough. A vampire bites her and drops her to the ground. So Jonathan shook. And in his journal, he writes, he knows he's about to die because you can't outrun a vampire. But he says that he saw the vampire who killed him and he recognized him as Stefan Salvatore. And we have to remember something to clarify later. The reason he's able to reflect on his death in this way is because he's got that magical Gilbert ring that brings him back to life. Yeah, I was like, how did he know who killed him? How did he write this down? But the ring was there. I always forget about that ring unless Alaric has it, honestly. it's true. So then we go back to present day where Elena is really letting this story sink in. And she looks out at Stefan by the lake. He is skipping rocks. And he's doing a very good job skipping them. They go quite far. Yeah, it's skipping a long, long ways. And I know he's strong, but still. Yeah, it's not all strength in skipping rocks. Yeah. And then Stefan gets a phone call from Damon and Damon's like in a great mood. He's relaxed and he has great news. Tyler Lockwood ran away from home. Damon heard it from Sheriff Forbes who heard it from Carol Lockwood. So, you know, the source is good. Yeah. He's like, and Carol Lockwood was just stressed. I'm sure she was. Her son ran away. (laughs) Yeah. And Damon straight up tells Stefan and us, the audience, that's the end of the werewolf chapter. Yeah. He was like, well, close that book. And it's like, oh, okay. He couldn't make it more clear. And so now he says that brings us to Elijah. So this is the start of a new chapter. Obviously, Elijah is a part of it, but not the only part of it, because he ends this episode a little stagnant, to say the least. Yeah, a little worse for wear. (laughs) And so Stefan says, hey, listen, Elijah's really crafty. And Damon's like, well, I've got a dagger. And Stefan says, like, I just want to, like, remind you, he's an original and we don't really know what all that encompasses at this time in our lives. And Damon's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be careful. Uh, But I have to plan a murder, so I got to go. Bye. Yeah, they're like, "Okay, we have the dagger, but let's all remember, we don't actually know anything. We don't know anything for sure. We've just heard some things. And though no one's saying it, they're all kind of aware of this. This dagger came from John Gilbert. So yeah, it's a a reach in any case. We got to take it with a big grain of salt. Yeah, which I think they're like kind of doing. Damon, not as much as I would like him to be doing. Yeah. So then Stefan looks inside the window and he clocks Elena reading the journal. So he's like, all right, let's have this conversation. But then we go check in back in Mystic Falls in the woods. Jenna is giving Elijah a tour of... The woods it's near the edge of the old fell property elijah says like oh yeah the fells the founding families and jenna's like why'd you say it like that because he does not try to hide that he has some disdain and we love that about him she's like i sensed that you don't like that and jenna herself doesn't care for the founding families so good audience yeah she's like oh no i'm right there with you buddy (laughs) and so elijah clarifies that his research shows that this land was actually settled two full centuries before the founding families with a migration of townsfolk from Salem. So I want to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Do you think Elijah knows this as a primary source or a secondary source? Well, he doesn't know where the witches were sacrificed, were burned. I still think he knows this as a primary source. You think he was in Mystic Falls at that time? I think he was in Mystic Falls while the witches had settled, but left before the founding families got to it essentially. And Jenna, you know, recognizes the name Salem of the witch trials. And Elijah says, so the ever lauded founding families didn't actually found anything. Surprise, surprise. We all knew this. Welcome to fucking America. Yeah. And Jenna agrees. Jenna says, you know, I'm guessing it was the men in 1864 who made a big deal. You know, men can be very territorial. And as As if if on on (laughs) cue, which of course it was on cue because it's a TV show, Alaric comes in Elijah says, men can be territorial. Elijah knows what he's doing here. And Jenna says like, oh, this is my friend, Alaric. Interesting to introduce him as your friend, but we don't have time to unpack that. And Alaric says, oh, yeah, you know, I heard you were doing this walk and I want to tag along because like I'm a history buff. A lie that barely holds any water and no one buys it, but they all accept it. It definitely doesn't hold water to Elijah because, like, Elijah knows that Alaric knows he's an original. And it doesn't even hold water with Jenna, who it should be holding water with. Like, even Jenna's like, okay, weird. Yeah, fine. Alaric asks where to next, and Elijah says he's curious about freed slave property owners because descendants of slaves are the real keepers of history. Woke king. Yeah. And Jenna's like, oh, I don't have that list with me, even though she's got a bag of rolled up papers. Yeah, she's got like seven full-size maps, but she didn't bring that list with her whatever. So she has to go grab it. Yeah, also, I just want to say, Miss Mama, invest in an iPad. (laughs) And so she goes to the car to grab the list and she leaves the men alone. And Elijah says, hey, Alaric, I know you. You're on Elena's list of people to protect. And Alaric says, yes, so is Jenna. And Elijah tells Rick, like, yeah, don't be jealous. I don't really pursue younger women. Alaric does not laugh, but Elijah says, that was a joke. Yeah, Elijah's like, I was I was kidding. It was funny. I do love the idea that Elena straight up gave Elijah a list. Wouldn't it be funny if, like, she had forgotten to put, like, Matt on her list, and Elijah killed Matt, and she was like, oh, I meant to put him down. Yeah, that's what I'd be scared of. If I'm literally writing a list out, like, I'd forget something. Like, not yeah. even on purpose, not even someone I don't like that much. Like, I just might forget someone. Like, especially yeah. if he's standing right there, like, give me the list right now. Yeah, like, you have five minutes. I'd be like, oh, oh, who's that? Who's someone else? Who's someone else? Because, you know, she said, okay, Stefan, Damon, Jamie, Caroline, Bonnie, Jenna. And then she was like, okay, who else is there? Alaric. You're like, well, if I put Jenna, I have to put Alaric. Yeah, and then she was like, okay, I guess Tyler. Um... Yeah, or like, oh, Matt. But then you have to wonder about, like, people who are, like, secondary acquaintances for her. Like, not Amy Bradley, because Amy Bradley's dead, but an Amy Bradley type figure in her life. She's like, mm, she's not that important to me. I really don't care if she dies. Yeah, like, to think that if the, a person crossed your mind, she's like, no, I can leave her off. Like, like she didn't write down, like, Sheriff Forbes. Like, she wrote yeah. down Calum, she's like, ah, I'm not going to do anything with her mom. And also the likelihood of, like, like she has to sit down and be like, I could write down Sheriff Forbes, but I don't really think Elijah's going to care about Sheriff Forbes enough to go after her. Yeah. Like, I don't think she's going to be implicated. Yeah, it's like, how many parents do you include? How many siblings do you include? Do you include like your cousins or something? You know, if you have any cousins? They don't live here, but like, what if they visited, you know? Yeah. Do I want to protect Zach Efron? Like, just to be totally safe. On the off chance. Like, what if he came here? Do I want to be responsible for that? What if he came here and he was interested in me? And then he out I didn't put him on my list. <laughs> you know, it would be a lot of work. So anyway, Elijah and Alaric have some fun. Well, Elijah, Elijah has, has some fun. Al- Alaric's there. <laughs> Alaric's having a pretty bad day altogether. So then we go over to the grill and Jeremy approaches Bonnie and Bonnie's like, oh yeah, I've been thinking about last night. And Jeremy says like, oh my God, me too. And Jeremy's talking about the kiss, but Bonnie's like, oh, it was a tough spell. <laughs> and you can see Jeremy's face ball. He's like, oh yeah, that too. Yeah, he takes the hit pretty hard, but he bounces back. He gets back up, get knocked down seven times, get up eight. He says, like, well, maybe you could like come over later. And she says, oh, sure. And they like kind of make eyes at each other. But before they have a chance to get too flirty, in comes Luca. And Jeremy's like, oh, incoming. Here he comes. What what does he remember? Let's see. And Luca says, hey, what happened to me yesterday? And Bonnie says, what? (laughs) Bonnie's like, what do you mean? (laughs) And he knows they're lying, but of course he can't prove it. And he's like, I can't remember anything. I was here and then I woke up in a bathroom stall. And Bonnie's like, I don't know what to tell you. I brought you coffee and we played pool. It was a very normal day. Yeah, she's like, like, we just played a little pool and then I left. Like, I don't know how you ended up in that stall. That's not my business. And again, he 100% knows she's lying. But eventually Jeremy's like, hey, back off. And he does because he's not getting anywhere in this conversation. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, clearly these two aren't going to tell me anything. The damage is done. It's over. So then we go back over to the lake house where Elena continues to read the journals. And Stefan comes in. She says, hey, are you still mad? And he says, yeah. He said, yes, I'm still mad. I found out 12 hours ago that you were just going to die and not tell me. So yeah, I'm mad. Yeah, she says we had a difference of opinion, Stefan. It's not that big a deal. And he said, you're literally sacrificing yourself to Klaus. Calling it a difference of opinion is the understatement of the century. And she says, you would know, because he's like over hundred years old, fun quip. I think it's so funny. She's like, we just, like, we got in a fight, Stefan. Couples fight. It's like, you're trying to kill yourself. Like, that's not like a normal couple fight. Yeah. Both of them are going a little big here. Yeah, she's very much like, I don't get what the big deal is. We like, had a fight. And he's like, you literally want to die. She's like, so I lied one time, like, of whatever. And they're like, "Uh, uh, (laughs) like, that's a little bit of a, that's a little reductive. So Stefan changes the subject and he says, hey, what does Jonathan Gilbert have to say? And she says, you know, a lot. There's a lot that he kept from the founding families that like nobody knows that Stefan ever told her. Basically, we know that all this information in these journals The founding families don't know. And this is confirmation for you of your secret journal theory, Mm -hmm. which is great. I stand by my argument that basically like the founding families don't really care about the fact that there are other journals. I'm not saying they shouldn't. They don't seem to care or have like looked for these or asked for these. Here's the thing. Jonathan Gilbert's contemporaries would have cared about these journals. Good point. They would have loved to know Stefan Salvatore's vampire. The current founding families, like, I mean, they would have no reason to think that that kind of information would be in there. And if they did, they'd read it and be like, Stefan Salvatore. And then they'd go ask Stephanie, be like, that must be my great, great, great grandpa. Bada bing, bada boom. So it's kind of moot for them. But I would say it being a secret from Jonathan Gilbert's contemporaries is still substantial. I think that's a good point. I think Uncle John would have been served to read these and give them to the founding families. Maybe it would make people be on his side a little bit more considering he's the most hated man in Mystic Falls. He could have used a boost. Yeah, because he came in, you know, last season, like, I know Stefan and Damon are vampires, but I'm not going to tell the Founders Council. And it's like, okay, well, then what is the point of you having that information? You're making it harder for yourself. He just, oh, he sucks. He's not the brightest. Yeah, with the werewolves gone, he's now the stupidest man in town. Yeah. (laughs) So Stefan picks up the journal. He looks at it pretty quickly and pretty quickly. He clocks what Elena is referring to that he never told her. And he says, "Okay, uh, so we were really angry at the founding families for what they did to Catherine. And I did not know that Jonathan Gilbert had a ring that would bring him back to life that would make him survive. So me killing him. Yeah, that sounds like me. Yeah, he's like, I I didn't realize that he would be able to share that information with anyone. (laughs) I did not realize he would write it down later. (laughs) Yeah, I thought I was kind of good. Yeah, I really didn't think that deeply about it, to be completely honest. He was kind of a dick to me. I'm honestly surprised to even remember killing Jonathan Gilbert. I thought that was going to be like, oh, yeah, that's believable that I did that, given the mindset I was in. But I, I don't actively remember doing that. Yeah. Like, I just was killing people. So I think the fact that he remembered it is more impressive than I thought. Exactly. Elena says, you know, Jonathan described you as a monster. And Stefan says, yeah, probably. I was like, yeah, I killed him. I did like bite him in the neck and drain him of blood. So I get where he got that. Yeah, I killed two friends of his in front of him and then him. So I do think that's a fair read on the situation by him. I cannot begrudge him for that label. You know what? I'll give him that. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Good word. I think that effectively communicates my behavior. That does sound about right. (laughs) And so he says, you know, Elena, I want to tell you the truth. So we flash back to 1864 post-transition, the 1860s, let's say. And Stefan says, you know, right after I became a vampire, I really relished in it. And I went to a pretty dark place drinking a ton of blood. And we see him with a bunch of like girls in his house and they're all dancing and literally begging Stefan to kill them, same girls. Yeah, I'm I'm next in line girls. Just let me get this corset on right quick. They're all like swaying, dancing, getting drunk. And he says, who wants to die next? And they're like, me, me, me. What a life. And Damon comes in and watches in horror. He's like, what are you doing? And Stefan says, hey, I brought it up to share. And Damon says, hey, need I remind you that the town is hunting us? You can't kill this many people. And this is very reminiscent of some early scenes in season one with the roles reversed. And oh, how the tables have turned. And Stefan says, hey, Damon, we're not getting hunted. All the founders are dead or about to be. And so Damon takes matters into his own hands. He goes up to the girls individually, compels them. He's like, hey, leave, get out of here, never come to this place again. Forget everything. Yeah, like, don't talk about this. Just go. And Stefan's like, oh, man. He's like, I was having fun. But Damon does keep the girl playing the piano in the background. (laughs) And she's like, "Okay." She keeps playing. I mean, she's she's got a job to do. She understood the assignment. (laughs) And that is professionalism. Yeah. And Damon says, hey, you know, we need to be careful and clever like Catherine. And Stefan said, yeah, look where that got her. Yeah. After like 300 years, though, guy. And to be fair, where it got her is she survived the fire and she left the church. And they know that canonically at this point. But I get it. Stefan's projecting. They didn't know that she wasn't in the tomb. Oh, Emily told Damon, but she didn't tell Stefan. Stefan. So actually, Stefan doesn't know. So Stefan doesn't know. Damon knows, but he's probably like, what's the point, you know, of telling him that? Yeah. Damon's like, well, I'm leaving town. That's not his business. I hate him. Yeah. He's like, this bitch turned me into a vampire and now I'm going to leave. Yeah. So Damon says, you know what? I'm done here. I'm done with you. I'm leaving town. And Stefan says, no, like, please, I'm so sorry. I'll like be better, like stay. And Damon's like, nope, got to go. He's like, please, brother. I want to be a vampire with you. I know it's pretty sad. And Stefan in voiceover, present day Stefan tells us that He was feeling a lot of guilt for what he did to his dad, killed him, and what he did to Damon made him become a vampire. And so in order to survive, he had to turn off his humanity. The Netflix description of this episode was like, Stefan talks about a dark time in his life. And I was like, ooh someone will be turning off their humanity this episode. So being excited, we finally get to see a vampire actually do it instead of just talk about it. Yeah, though we don't luxuriate in it much. We kind yeah. of get in and out of it pretty quick. It's just proof that Stefan did it at one point. Yes. So then in the present day, Elena says, it sounds like you were like Damon. Now, why do you need to throw Damon under the bus? No one was even talking about him. Yeah, like it's it was a similar conversation to Damon, but... I'll remind you, as far as we know, Damon did not have his humanity off that whole first season. I don't believe he did. So let's talk let's the brakes here, Elena. Yeah. And Stefan says, No, actually, I was worse. <laughs> <laughs> and Elena's like, Okay, huh? We are. This is interesting. Interesting. She said, Damon gets hotter and hotter. So then we go over to the grill where Damon and Andy are catching up with Alaric. And Damon asks Alaric if he got anything out of Elijah other than history. And Alaric says, no, it was very boring. Yeah. He's like, all he did was walk through the woods. Some history buff. And Alaric says, well, you know, Jenna thinks Elijah is charming. And Andy and Damon are like, oh, my God, you're so jealous. <laughs> and Alaric says, I don't want to talk about this. He's like, please don't make me do this conversation. He's like, and why is she here? And Damon's like, hey, Andy's been compelled to keep all my secrets. And Alaric says, this relationship is weird. And you got it, gang, it is. Yeah. He's like, OK, that's. That makes more sense as to why you're hanging out with her, that this like is a compulsion, because clearly you're not emotionally ready to be actually dating someone. And she's been wearing scarf after scarf, so it's clearing everything up in my brain. Yeah, I'm sure Lurik was, was clocking the scarves at the minimum. And yeah. so he's like, okay, this I don't care for. He's like, this is not my favorite thing I've had to sit through. Jenna enters with Elijah, and Damon calls them over and is like, oh my God, I heard about your little walk through the woods. And Laura's like, okay, well, I have to leave. I have papers to grade. Can't use that excuse all the time, King. That's one reason why Jenna's a little hesitant about you right now. Yeah, if you use that too much, it's like, okay, you're giving your students too much work, and Elena doesn't ever do homework. So yeah, make it make sense. (laughs) Jenna's like, I've never seen Elena write a paper, and yet you're always grading papers. So what is the truth? Whose paper is it? (laughs) So then Andy's like, oh, my God, you know what? It, It would be so fun. If we had a dinner party, smart of Damon to make Andy suggest it, but he hops on it way too fast. He's like, Oh, I want, I'll host. And Elijah could not more clearly tell that something's up, but Jenna quickly agrees. Neither Alaric and Elijah, who would both like to shut it down, really have an opportunity to shut it down before it gets out of their hands. But Elijah's suspicious. Yeah, Elijah's like, okay, well, obviously he's inviting me over because he wants to kill me. And Elijah's like, well, I don't know why he would think he would be able to kill me or hurt me, but who knows? Elijah's very confident, twas hubris. And he's like, well, he's not gonna be able to kill me, so I guess I'll just let him try. Yeah, Elijah's like, what is he gonna do? Stake me again? (laughs) Yeah. And then we go over to the tomb where we haven't been in a while and we see Catherine a little bit desiccated, not looking great. Little raisiny, little raisiny. But Damon is giving her some blood and wakes her up. And he's brought her some blood, some clothes. She wakes up and he's like, oh my God, you are almost pretty again. And she's like, oh, fuck you. I'm still pretty. She said, excuse the fuck out of you. You've got some nerve. (laughs) And Damon says, you know, your old friend John Gilbert is back in town. And Catherine's like, oh my God, what? Catherine's (laughs) like, that's crazy. Pretends to be shocked. And she says, why? And because she wants to know what Damon thinks. Yeah. I mean, we know that. Catherine has more knowledge than Damon in this conversation. Obviously, later we get confirmation. Catherine has all the power in this conversation. And Damon has no idea. Damon really thinks he's schooling her. Yeah, he's like, "Okay, John Gilbert's here. And she's like, yeah, he fucking saw me first, dumbass. But okay, go ahead and keep talking. He says, you know, John says he's here to protect Elena. And he told me this crazy old wives tale about how to kill an original. And Catherine's like, oh, so you want to ask me if it's true because I'm older. You must assume I know it. And she says, because, you know, if it was, I wouldn't tell you. Damon's like, well, don't you want originals to be dead? And she's like, no, I want Klaus dead, but not Elijah, because Elijah compelled me to be in this tomb. And if he dies, I'm stuck here forever. Which, great lie, because it's like similar enough to the truth that Damon doesn't take much time to unpack it. If he took two seconds to unpack it, he would be like, that doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, this was interesting because I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Like, because the truth is very similar to it. So I'm like, okay, I like that could track. I mean, we don't know how compulsion works on other vampires. We have no frame of reference. They got a little too comfortable with Catherine in this tomb now that she's like compelled in there and they can go in and out. Because uh, don't y'all know Catherine as like this manipulative bitch? Do you think that she's been desiccating, not thinking about how to get out of this situation. Yeah, and she already has more information than you. It's just like, and they just left her to her own devices. They just assume that she's gonna be like desperate to get out. Cause she's been desiccating. Like they don't know that she's been interacting with John but you have to imagine that Catherine is like, I'll get out of here someday or I won't. Like, I mean, there's really not much she can do in theory. From what they know about Catherine, they have to assume that she has a contingency plan, even if they don't know what it is. Yeah, even if they think it's not a good plan. Like, she's been drinking for vain. She knows that originals can compel vampires. So it's not crazy that she would understand, like, what that could lead to. Yeah. But Damon is, you know, kind of drunk on his own power. Things have been going pretty well for Damon, so I can't blame him for it. And Catherine also says, plus, you know, killing Elijah would be a suicide mission. You couldn't do it. And Damon says, no, I can do it. I've got a dagger in white oak ash. And Catherine puts on the performance of a lifetime. She's like, oh my God, don't do it. Don't kill Elijah. (laughs) Which he should immediately see as a red flag. I understand this, like falling for this move in theory, but not if it's Catherine. I mean, that just isn't, Believable, like why would Catherine like she would know enough to not give it away that much like even if she was shocked that he had said that and knew that and like knew that that was an issue like she would have played it off better than this yeah but again Damon is feeling like he has all the power over Catherine right now and feeling like she's weak and like she can't control her emotions as much as she could foolish this is not her first round being desiccated but okay I understand why Damon fell for this, but I do think it's foolish that he did. I think it's not necessarily super foolish that he did. I get falling for it, but it's also like you can fall for it and kind of believe it, but also being like, okay, I should be a little bit wary of this. It's like, why are you so afraid of me killing Elijah? Yeah, like that seems heavy. (laughs) Yeah. So she says, like, please, like, don't kill him. I'll help you with anything you need. Just get me out of here and I'll help you. I can't be stuck in here. And Damon says, like, I'm not going to let you out because if I do that, you'll run away. And she says, no, I won't. Like, please don't kill Elijah. And Damon's like, hey, you already got me what I needed. You told me everything I needed to know. And she said, I didn't tell you anything. And he said, oh, yeah, but by the way you reacted, you confirmed it's possible to kill an original with what I have. So I'm going to do that tonight. Buddy, don't you think she knew that that reaction confirmed that that would kill an original? Like, don't you think? she knew that that's how you'd read it. Like I could see her like accidentally letting something slip and trying to play it off. And then him being like, Oh, but before you played it off, this, this like for her to say all this, like, no, I'm so scared. I'll do whatever you want. And then be like, wait, I didn't tell you anything. Are you that fucking stupid? He just wants so to believe that this plan is going to work. I mean, probably when he left Catherine was probably like, what a dumbass." Catherine was like, that was like so fucking easy. Yeah, like she was like, I would have done that for two drops of blood. That was literally a layup. She's like, wow, I thought that was gonna take a little bit more effort from me. Uh, cool, guess I'll be out of here post haste. She said, I'll hang tight here. said, I'll be out of here in three hours at this rate. So then he leaves and we go back over to the lake house where Stefan continues his tale of woe. He said he was spiraling completely driven by the desire for blood that it was all he knew And Elena's like, yo, how'd you get away with that? And he says, Well, great news. It was the Civil War. There was a ton of blood. Yeah, he's like, people were dying left and right, and they were just leaving them there. Yeah. So then we go to 1864 where he's like in a like civil war tent drinking blood from dying soldiers. And I have to say, it's hard to tell what color their uniforms are. So we're not really sure if he's killing Union soldiers or Confederate soldiers. I'm praying it's Confederate, but those uniforms look pretty dark. Yeah, it was it was either a navy or it was a very dark gray. And it's impossible to tell. And I'm sure he did a little bit of both. Like, I'm sure he wasn't that exclusive because, as we know, he was driven with the desire of blood, not, you know, societal reasons. But I wish he was killing Confederate soldiers. And I mean, they're in the South. I think he was just walking around to whoever was dying. So I hope it was Confederate soldiers. But the one we see looks suspiciously like a Union soldier. And Elena doesn't ask for clarification on that. I don't know if he'd even know the answer to it. Exactly. He'd be like me, like, oh, which color is which? Like, I can't <laughs> yeah. remember. She'd be like, and which side did you kill? He'd be like, that's not really important. She'd be like, no, but you see how it is, though, right? See, See, but now that you say it's not important, I'm starting to think you killed the Union. He's like, well, I think both sides had issues. And she's like, "Mm, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Let's unpack that. He said, well, you know, the war was just about economics. So (laughs) he said, well, really what the war was about was states' rights. And she's like, "Uh, uh, oh, wait a second. I think if Stefan had the choice, he would have killed Confederate soldiers because we know he was woke in the 60s. So we know he was anti-Vietnam. He was at like civil rights protests. We canonically know that. So. Either he felt really bad about killing a bunch of Union soldiers or he only killed Confederates. At least he was killing white people. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, (laughs) obviously we don't watch this show for the political ramifications, but sometimes we do have to unpack them a bit. But it's in the Civil War. We just have to be hopeful. I just want to address it. (laughs) And so then in the tent, he sees a nurse. And the nurse starts walking into the woods and Stefan says, hell yeah, dinner time. So he follows this woman into the woods, chases her and he tries to tackle her, but then she tackles him. We see some veins. So we know it's a vampire and quickly it becomes clear that it's not just any vampire, but it is the one, the only Lexi. Oh, the smile that came across my face. I was so excited. (laughs) I was very excited for her to come back. We saw the name in the opening credits, but you didn't notice it, which is good. I was worried you would notice it because I wanted it to be a surprise. And it was. I was so happy. I saw a little blonde curl and I was like, oh, who's this? And then I saw the face and I was like. (gasps) So thank God we see Lexi again after her tragic death in season one, episode eight. Elena is shocked to learn that that's how they met elena says like what is lexi doing in mystic falls and stefan said well she heard it was a good town for vampires she didn't hear about everyone being burned in the church well it seems like maybe she heard about it and then everyone got burned and then she got there yeah so it kind of worked for her like she kind of missed the bad part yeah but unfortunately she did not have as many allies as she thought she was gonna have But Stefan is nice enough to take her in because he did attempt to kill her. She's like, I would say thank you for inviting me in. But, you know, you did almost kill me and sunrise is coming. So beggars can't be choosers. And then she looks around and she sees a bunch of dead bodies. And she says, or should they be? Yeah, she's like, was this a mistake? (laughs) She calls him a ripper. And this is a new term in our Vampire Diaries glossary that we will hear again. Oh, okay. I think it's fairly straightforward. Yeah. And Lexi describes it, how she defines it, is that there's good parts and bad parts of being a vampire, and he is the bad parts. So a Ripper is basically all the bad parts of being a vampire. We get it from, I'm assuming, Jack the Ripper. Or just ripping flesh, I mean. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's like a serial killer type vampire. That's a term we'll hear again. Yeah, like you're just killing everybody. No concern about anything. You're just eating what comes in front of you, Mm -hmm. which I assume would happen pretty often if someone turns off their humanity. Mm -hmm. So this is a vocab word. It's our first introduction to it. Keep an eye out for the word ripper, everyone. And Lexi says, well, we're going to have to change that. So then we go back to present day at the lake house and Stefan's kind of in his feelings. And he says, you know, talking about Lexi brings up things I'd rather forget. And Elena says, oh, like Damon killing her. He's like, yeah, that. says, yeah, I'd rather forget that. No, duh. (laughs) So then we go over to the titular dinner party at the Salvatore house where they're getting, you know, food and drinks set up. Andy's with Jenna in the kitchen getting drinks set up. And Andy says like, hey, I noticed that there's like some tension between you and Alaric. And Jenna says, can you mind your fucking business, Andy? (laughs) And Jenna says, you know, I really like him. And she says she even more than likes him. But she's like, but I just can't shake the feeling that he's hiding something from me. And now John is in my ear saying stuff that I don't want to believe, that I don't believe. Yeah, she's like, I, I was feeling a little iffy and now John keeps feeding me stuff that only adds to that. And now I don't really know how to deal with this because I do like him, but I also need to pay attention to this. And Andy says, you know, trust is key in a relationship. I'm so lucky Damon tells me everything. And Jenna's like, okay, I'm done with this. Please, I don't want to hear about that. Yeah. So then we go and check in with the boys. Damon and Alaric are prepping cocktails in the study parlor whatever. Alaric's a little hesitant and Damon says, "Hey, there are no bad ideas, just poorly executed ones." And Alaric's like, "You know, I don't really like Elijah being in the same house as Jenna." And Damon says, "Hey, nothing's going on tonight. It's just a fact-finding mission." And Alaric barely buys this. Yeah, Alaric's like, "Okay, I don't think so, but clearly we're going to do this regardless, so it kind of doesn't matter. This train has left the station, but Alaric's like, really? So there's no sneak attacks, no surprises? And Damon's like, eh, no way, dude, no way. Yeah, and Alaric's like, okay, well, what the fuck am I going to do? It doesn't really matter. Andy comes in and says, hey, Jenna needs help with the wine. So Alaric goes to help. What kind of help she needs with the wine? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that was like, Jenna was like, can you send Alaric in here? And Andy was like, well, I'm not really good at lying, so here we go. So Alert goes to help Jenna with the wine, leaving Damon and Andy alone. So Damon opens a box of tools and Andy's like, oh, what's that dagger for? And Damon says, dessert. Elijah is stronger than me. So really all I have is the element of surprise. And Andy's like, oh, I kind of like Elijah. He's really old school and classy. And Damon's like, can you shut the fuck up? <laughs> He's like, I didn't ask for your opinion on the man. Yeah. And Damon says he is old school and classy. So after dinner, encourage the men to retire to the study for drinks while the girls do coffee in the kitchen and andy says mm, that's a little sexist and damon says shut the fuck up he's like can you just do what i ask you to do he's like i swear to god <laughs> it is so hard to find good help these days he's like you are losing your appeal minute by minute <laughs> yeah. someone knocks at the door and it's john And he says, oh, I heard you guys were having a dinner party with Elijah. And I decided I couldn't miss the fun. First of all, that's not how parties work. (laughs) You can't just come to someone's house. I get the sense that that is how parties work for John. Like, I don't think he's ever been actually invited. So he doesn't know another way. I think he thinks this is how you go to parties. Like, he's like, well, no one actually invites anyone to parties. and It's like, John. Yes, they do. He watches movies where people get invites. He's like, that is so crazy that they made up invitations for a movie. No one invites people to parties. (laughs) John is one of those people who would tweet that like, isn't it crazy in movies how everyone actually sends out like paper invitations? That never happens. Like it's all word of mouth. And everyone's like, John, have you never been invited somewhere? (laughs) He's like, what? Invitations are real? good thing about John, uh, pretty hard to be embarrassed because he has just no shame. Yeah, he has a very high level of confidence for being ugly and hated. I think he honestly is just used to it. And so he just kind of shuts it out. Which, hey, that's admirable in a way. You got to hand it to John. And Alaric says, oh, there's not going to be any fun in games tonight. Alaric's like, I don't want you here. <laughs> <laughs> no one, literally, John walks in. Everyone is upset to see him. He doesn't have one ally here. Imagine if you opened the door to a party and everyone's like, ugh, like, I would leave. <laughs> what makes you want to stay here? And we know the reason why John wants to stay. He wants to see Damon die. It is this is hubris yet again, because honestly, if he hadn't been there, like this plan would have gone along without Hitch and Damon would have died. John just had to see it with his own eyes. He's just getting biggie. T'was hubris. So then we go over to the Gilbert house where Bonnie has come over to hang out with Jeremy. She comes in pretty nonchalantly. And she's like, y'all got any food? And then she looks over and she sees a bunch of candles. And like little bits of like appetizers and like little treats and stuff. she's like, oh. And she says, oh, so this is a date. And Jeremy says, no, it's not like a date date, but it is like, you know, a, a hang post kiss. He's like, uh, it's. Not really, but it it also is depending on you know how you react to what I'm saying. He's like, you're giving me a weird vibe. Kind of Schrodinger's date. <laughs> and, yeah. So Bonnie says, look, like I want to make sure Elena's cool with this first. And Jeremy's like, okay, like I didn't realize Elena had to approve of who I date. And Bonnie's like, that's not really what it's about. Like, Elena's my best friend. I tell her everything, and this might like weird her out. Yeah, like she's like, this is a substantial like shift in how we all relate to each other. So I feel like it's worth mentioning to her. I don't wanna like keep it from her. Yeah, which like at this point there wasn't much to keep from her cause it was just kind of flirty. And now she's like, okay, but if this is like a date, like we're venturing into new territory here. I wanna bring this up before it seems like I've been keeping it from her. Yeah, before like we're like exclusive dating and like it's weird that I haven't mentioned it, you know? Yeah. And Jeremy understands this and he says, okay. This doesn't have to be a date. We can just like hang out. No big deal. But like you do like it, right? And she said, yeah. He's like, but like we're on the same page still. Like it was a good kiss for you, right? Yeah. Things are moving along. Yeah. (laughs) And she says, yeah. So we go back over to the Salvatore house where Elijah has arrived. And Damon greets him at the door. And before coming in, Elijah says, let's just get this like out in the open right now. If you have anything less than honorable planned this evening, I suggest you reconsider. And Damon's like, suggestion noted. Damon said, nope, just getting to know you. And Elijah says, great, uh, because just so, you know, I'm abundantly clear with you. If you make a move to cross me, I'll kill you and everyone in this house, despite our deal. And Damon says, awesome. Elijah's like, look. I understand I made a deal, but if you're going to try to kill me every time I fucking come within 20 feet of you, then the deal is not worth it to me anymore. Yeah. Then Jenna comes up and Elijah says, Jenna, you look incredible. And she's like, oh, thank you so much, Elijah. And Damon's like, oh. (laughs) And then we do a slight time jump to being sat at the dinner party. And Jenna says, hey, Damon, Elijah told me your family aren't real founders. I love saying this. Which Damon really could give a shit. She's just trying to stir up some some big conversation at the party. Some lively conversation. She's a great dinner party guest. Yeah. And Elijah says, "Yeah, well, you know, settlers actually migrated from Salem after the witch trials in the 1690s, and you know, here they felt safe from persecution." And Jenna's like, "And they were witches." (laughs) And Andy says, "Well, there's actually no proof of witches." And Damon says, "You know, Andy is a journalist." He's really big on facts. It's a really like thriving conversation. And Elijah says, oh, you know, well, the lore is that there was a wave of anti-witch hysteria in a neighboring area. And so there was a group of witches who were gathered and all burned at the stake. And, you know, some say you could hear the screams for miles around us. And he's got a little bit too much of a smile on his face when he's telling us. Yeah, he's like, isn't that just so cool? And they're like, what? And I want to bring something up. And I'm not saying this means anything, but I want to say that Elijah says you could hear the screams for miles around us. Just an interesting choice of words. But he doesn't know where it is. We find out. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, I guess I have theories that go with that. But we'll get to that when we get to that. So Jenna kind of wants to keep the mood light. And she says, well, you know, I wouldn't repeat this to the Historical Society because it proves they actually know nothing about history. Yeah. So maybe you should report to the Historical Society. And John says, well, it sounds like a ghost story. No, it sounds like a witch story. Sounds like (laughs) someone who wasn't invited had something to say. Shut the fuck up. Oh, I thought the ghost over there said something. Fuck you. And Damon says, hey, why do you want to know where this, you know, happened, Elijah? And Elijah says, healthy historian's curiosity, of course. Uh, uh, No. (laughs) Okay. Not even a good lie. I mean, what else is he really going to say? Yeah. He's like, um, I'm a historian. That's my character. So first of all, I, I can't make it any more clear that I'm writing a book on small towns in Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> One thing about me is I'm writing a book. He's like, have you heard my cover story? That, <laughs> that's it. It's there. That's all the information you need. So then we go back over to the lake house where Elena continues reading the journals and remarks that Jonathan Gilbert got crazier over the course of his life. And she's like, well, guess that's what happens when you're obsessed with vampires your entire life. Elena said, <laughs> like, good thing I'm dying in a month. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't want to turn out like this. <laughs> and then she finds a part of the journal that references the originals and research he did about the originals. Again, probably would have been useful to share with the council, but hindsight is twenty twenty. I don't think the council is ready for that information. They still don't know vampires can walk in the sun. I mean, yeah, baby steps. I honestly don't think they'd be like, what does this mean? Okay, put it in the back. Like, yeah, they're like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> and There's lots of scribbles about the originals, including a very detailed doodle of a dagger. And Elena reads that the wood from one tree alone, an ancient white oak could kill an original the tree was burned and all hope was lost, but someone saved some ash and witches created a dagger that the ash could be bonded to. This alchemic bond provides the necessary poison to kill an original. And Elena says, this is crazy. I wonder if this is true. I wonder if this dagger exists. Stefan, care to comment. She's like, this is such a great amount of information. Like, we have to see if we can find this dagger, you know? Like, what if it's true? And then Stefan's like, uh-huh. <laughs> Stefan's like, okay, so here's the tea. I know that dagger is true because John gave it to Damon. So Elena goes on to read further down in the paragraph and says, oh, interesting. This dagger has to be brandished by humans alone because it will bring death to any demon who wields it. A demon, of course, being a vampire. And Stefan quickly realizes that John is trying to kill Damon and hate John as much as we do, This is a very smart move by John. Yeah, finally, he kept his mouth shut for long enough to do this because he's like, look, I'm just giving you a dagger. It is giving two birds one stone. Because he's like, I don't need Elijah alive. And hey, it's great. Uh, This is a good plan and it will kill Damon without anyone seeing it coming. Unfortunately, they did find these journals. Probably should have kept him away from the lake house. Probably should have fought that a little more, John. Maybe that's why he was so upset that Stefan and Elena went to the lake house this weekend. He's like, but what are the odds they're going to read the journals? They're probably just going to have sex. Yeah, he's like, how are they going to find a hollow closet with journals in it? Like, that's not going to be an issue. They're going to be way too horny. They're not going to get in a fight or anything. Funnily enough, being horny in a closet led them to the journals. So again, smart move by John. Not only does it kill Elijah, which frees Catherine, which he kind of wants to do. We're not really sure why, but we know. But He's somehow in cahoots with her. Yeah, and it kills Damon. So honestly, it's, it's a very smart plan and honestly, pretty foolproof in theory, but of course in practice, didn't work out. He got very close to getting away with this. So then at the Salvatore house, Damon is trying to get all the boys to retire to the study for cognac as planned. We know that this is when the killing is supposed to happen. And Alaric says like, no, no cognac for me. Nine bottles of wine is my limit. Did he have nine individually or did they all share nine? I know this is not what I should be harping on. I kind of thought that he was just like exaggerating to be funny and just to be like, I'm not drinking cognac. Ha ha ha. We drank so much at this party. I doubt that this party even drank nine bottles of wine, to be completely honest. Because it's John who's not going to drink because he wants to be sober when he watches Damon die. He'll have one glass of wine and he'll nurse it so that he doesn't look like a buzzkill because he already knows he doesn't want to be there. I think he and Elijah and Alaric will each have like one glass of wine and nurse it. Damon will maybe have two or three. I think Damon's going to have two or three. I think Alaric's going to have a couple glasses of wine because we know Alaric is a heavyweight. He knows that he can have a full bottle of wine and not feel even a bit buzzed. So he will be drinking to deal with the stress. Jenna and Andy are drinking. They're drinking a bottle of wine each. Yeah. I think maybe this party went through five bottles of wine. Andy and Jenna are responsible for four of them. Yeah. <laughs> we can assume that Andy, Jenna, and Alaric have each had a bottle of wine. That's three. Like maybe two bottles of wine across the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think Alex just like, ha ha ha, we drank so much. Again, I don't mean to unpack the logistics of how much wine they drank. I know it's not the most interesting part of this episode, but I thought it was fun. But it was a little jokey comment that I think is interesting to consider. So then we go back into the lake house where we see, of course, Stefan trying to call Damon, but he doesn't get through to him. But Stefan does take the time to leave a voicemail where he says, why is your phone off? Call me. Like his phone's off, Stefan. He's not going to call you. He's busy tonight killing Elijah. And you know that. So time to call someone else. Yeah. And Elena's like, hey, what's with the running around drama? And Stefan says, so Damon's planning to kill Elijah tonight. <laughs> like, I'll just say it. No point lying about this anymore. <laughs> so then we go back over to the Salvatore house where the plan continues. And Andy suggests the men take their drinks in the study. And Elijah says, you know what? The food was almost as wonderful as the company. And Andy says, that is so sweet. Since the gentlemen are retiring to the study, Jenna hands John a stack of dishes. And she says, you're no gentleman. Make yourself useful. Owie. He says, no, I got to get to that study. He's like, no, I have something to see. And Alaric's like, hey, I'll help you with the dishes. And Jenna brushes him off. John can't just shut up. He says, I I think that's my fault. And Alaric's like, oh, what now with you? I mean, I'm sorry. Someone should have killed John tonight. I would have happily told Jenna about vampires if I could have killed John. Yeah. (laughs) And that would have really made it easier to talk to Jenna about vampires. They'd be like, I have bad news. There's vampires in town. The good news is I killed John. The the good news is the vampires killed John. Yeah. (laughs) John's like, well, here's the thing, Rick. You know, I might've implied to Jenna that you lied about Isabel. And Hlerik's like, you are a dick. You know that? And John's like, yep. (laughs) John says, yeah, people have been telling that my whole life. I want my ring back. And then he leaves the room to let Rick sit with that. And Rick gets a phone call and we find out it's from Stefan. So we can assume what conversation it is. And he's like, whoa, 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 slow down. Because, you know, Stefan is like, (laughs) I don't know Yeah, first of all, I was like, I didn't even know we were going to kill Elijah tonight. I thought it was a fact-finding mission. Yeah, he's like, I thought we avoided this, but okay. So then we go over to the study. Damon and Elijah are both having some cognac. And Damon says, so I'm guessing that in addition to the moonstone and the doppelganger and all the other stuff you need for the sacrifice, you also need to find this witch burial ground we were talking about. And Elijah says, you know, Damon, since we've gotten so close, I'm going to tell you yes. Then Elijah says, any chance you know where it is? And Damon says, maybe, which he probably doesn't, but. I mean, I'm sure he could ask around and maybe get some clues. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously the assumption is he does need this to do the entire sacrifice. That's what it would be. I don't think it's impossible that it's the same tomb that they burn the vampires down in. That's a good point. I do want to also bring up the timing of this is a little nebulous and likely I think before the founding families. But we also know that Emily Bennett was burned late in life. That's just somewhere that maybe Damon has a clue. That's interesting, yeah. That maybe Elijah doesn't have. We don't know how actually relevant that is. I just want to bring that up that witches have been burned in Mystic Falls when Damon was around. So he might have some clues. And we also don't know when Elijah was in Mystic Falls, where in the timeline, how much information he has. But we do know that as of this moment, Elijah does not seem to know where this burial ground is. So he presumably was not there during this major witch burning. Yes. Because if he was there, you would think he would be able to find his way back there. Yeah. And Damon asks Elijah why it's important, but Elijah says like, we're not that close. I'm not going to tell you that. But I mean, Damon's already figured out why it's important that he needs it for the sacrifice. Yeah. Why do you think the piece of land is important to the sacrifice? I'm guessing there's some level of like power there because all the witch powers were deposited there via the ash. Channeling. Yeah. I mean, that logic is pretty straightforward to me at this point in our Vampire Diaries knowledge. Yeah, that that seems about right. I don't think there's anything more complicated than that going on. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a good read. Elijah changes the subject because he's tired of talking about this. Obviously, he's getting no information and he compliments their book collection and says, you know, before books existed, people had memories. It's like the cell phone debate, but way older. Yeah, it's like, sir, you sound like an old, old man right now. (laughs) He's like, these kids won't look up from their old books yeah he's like kids today in their scrolls like (laughs) shut up it is 2010 elijah fucking boomer head ass (laughs) do you think elijah knows what a cell phone is i mean he must i think he does but i don't think he has one or he has like the absolute like he still has like an 80s one no he has like a nokia burra phone because he's like it's no frills the originals made him get a phone so he could be contacted anytime. He does not text. And they said, you have these options. And he said, what's the cheapest one? And they said this one. And he said, okay. Klaus has the most recent iPhone. No, Klaus has a Palm Pilot. <laughs> Klaus has a Absolutely. <laughs> No, Klaus is always texting Elijah. Elijah will not send a text back. He will call him. He will never send a text back, even if the answer is K. And Klaus is like, I'm too busy to answer the phone. You have to text me. Yeah, the other originals are texting. He's like, but there's four letters per button. How am I supposed to tell you? How am I supposed to pick which letter? The originals are like, get a new phone. Yeah. It is 2010. Get a sidekick. That's why Elijah's the low foot soldier, because he refuses to get a new phone. And so (laughs) they're like, okay, well, there has to be a penalty for that, buddy. Like. If you want to be a top original, you have to text. For Christmas one year, the original got him a razor and he said, no, nope, I don't want this. He said, no, not this at all. He's like, I have my Nokia. Why do I need any more than this? He said, this looks like it was made in the year 3000. They said it was made in literally 2005, <laughs> in the year we are living in. Use it. Or he was like, what is this? 2001, a space odyssey? And they're like, Elijah, it's 2009. Like, like we- <laughs> well, That joke doesn't play anymore. <laughs> because uh, you have to imagine you get that old you just, yeah. just go by yeah, he's like really he's like oh, wait everything was okay after y2k nothing happened yeah. <laughs> anyway so elijah does not have a cell phone yeah that's, not, that's the point of that so well elijah is distracted by the book collection damon is like this is my chance and so he grabs the dagger but alaric stumbles in just in time and damon drops the dagger and alaric says oh my god So goofy of us, we forgot dessert. Andy is like, Elijah? (laughs) And Elijah goes with her. And Damon's like, what the hell, dude? Like, I was about to do it. Yeah, he like gestures at the dagger because he knows that, you know, Elijah could overhear. And Rick writes a note that says like, the dagger will kill you if you use it. And Damon's like, okay. Fair enough. That makes sense. That makes sense. Pretty straightforward, you know, sentence. Yeah. And so then we go back to the dining room where Jenna's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, you guys. Dessert is taking longer than I thought. I usually unwrap food. So she goes to the kitchen to take care of dessert. Whatever that may be. Who knows what the fuck she's cooking (laughs) because she's gone for quite a while. And also, why is she cooking? Damon offered to host. (laughs) She was a guest and she has to make the dessert. It seems like no one really knows how to cook. And so I have to wonder what they're prepping for dessert that takes so long. And if the dish was chosen specifically to distract Jenna. Like really quick alert was like, hey, Jenna, can you make a trifle? Yeah. And she was like, what the fuck is that? Okay. And he's like, we need dessert, Jenna. Jenna goes to work on dessert. And Andy's like, hey, I know this is a social thing, but I would love to ask you more questions about your work. And Elijah's like, fine. And Andy's like, oh, can you grab my notebook from my bag? And Damon, to make conversation, says, hey, Elijah, did you know that John is Elena's uncle slash father, which of course he does. He makes that his business to know. And Damon says, but of course, Elena hates him. So you do not have to put him on the list. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, you can keep him off the endangered species list. And Elijah was like, no, she didn't write him down. We're good. Yeah. And John's like, can we not do this right now? John's like, do you really need to dig at me right now? Like, go pick up that dagger, buddy. Yeah. And then Andy excuses herself because Alaric is having trouble finding her notebook. Of course, that's not what Alaric's doing. And John says, you know, here's what I'm interested in, Elijah. How do you intend to kill Klaus? And Elijah says, "Okay, you know what? Let's clear some shit up really quick. Damon, I allow you to live solely to keep an eye on Elena. And I allow Elena to live in her house and live her life as normal as a courtesy. If it becomes a liability, I will take her and you will never see her again. That clear? Yeah, Elijah's like, I think I am being more than fucking fair here. So if you keep pushing this, I'll cut this deal off right away. I don't care. I'm over it. This is too much work for me. And so Andy sits back down and she starts to ask a question and bam, alert gets Elijah with the dagger through the chair. So fast. And Elijah gets Gray and veiny. Worth noting, death. To be fair, we have seen him get Gray and veiny before. <laughs> yeah, we are not under any illusion At this point, that this is 100% permanent. It's looking good. It's looking good for them. It was the goal of the night, so this is looking like a success. And John is shook because again, he was hoping Damon would do that. Yeah, (laughs) he was like, "Wait, why does it work?" Have that knife. John said, "You." Said, oh, my fucking God. And Alaric puts the dagger down on the table and he says to Damon, now get rid of him before Jenna comes back with dessert. And Jenna is fighting for her life in the kitchen. Yeah. Poor Jenna. I think Jenna was honestly happy to help with dinner because she's kind of pissy at John and Alaric right now. So she's like, you know what? I don't really need to be hanging out with either of them a lot. Yeah. He's like, let me just work on whatever I'm doing in here. So then we go back over to the lake house where Elena's a little pissed off. She doesn't really want to talk to Stefan because the Salvatores lied to her. She says, like, you know, it's fine if you guys don't like my decisions. I can't control that. But you shouldn't go behind my back. It's my life. And Stefan says, yeah, I know it's your life. I want you to live. Yeah, he's like, I honestly thought I was making a better decision that you weren't going to make on your own. Yeah. Yeah. She says, "Okay, so when you were like talking about your past earlier, were you being honest with me or were you just trying to distract me? And he says, you know, I was telling you about a time that I felt like giving up because BTW, that's what you're doing. You won't admit it. But that is what it is. Yeah. And he says, and Lexi would not let me give up. So I'm not letting you give up. And I just have to say this, Stefan, you're no Lexi. Yeah, Stefan, I don't really think you have the same capabilities as Miss Missy, but that's me. I mean, he gets Elena to fight a little bit later. But then we go back into 1864 or, you know, the 1860s, and we check in with Lexi. Lexi is having him walk around near a bunch of dead war bodies. And she's like, hey, so what do you feel when you look at all these dead people? And he said, "Um, nothing. My humanity's turned off, so I feel nothing. He said, not a single thing. It's dope as hell. And she says, you know, you should turn it back on. And he said, oh, is it better? And she says, well, not at first. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I mean- do the math. No. Yeah. She basically says, you know, when you turn your humanity back on, you have to let everything back in and you have to relive all the bad you did. But this time with humanity, you have to like see the people you killed. You have to let all that guilt in. You have to feel it all at once. Yeah. So you don't just get to like forget what you did while it was turned off. Like you have to feel bad for those again. You have to let in some remorse. But she says, but once you can hurt, you can love. That's the point. So just an important thing to remember, if we see a character turn off their humanity at any point in the show, that turning it back on is not an easy task. Because once your humanity's turned off and you don't want to feel anything, you know that it's not going to be fun to turn it back on. Yeah. And you probably have a hard time connecting to the good feelings about that because you're not feeling anything. Which I just think colors some of why we have seen, even when Damon goes off semi the deep end, He actively is not turning that humanity off. Yeah, exactly. He probably knows that's not a fun path to take. He'd rather feel it in the moment and then get over it, you know? Exactly. And, you know, Lexi tells us something that we already know, but she's, you know, reframing it in this conversation that she says, you know, everything is intensified for us as vampires. So yeah, the hurt, the guilt, the remorse, that all sucks. But for the same reason, the love is really good. That's so nice. I know. She's an angel. It just reframes that this whole show is a love story more than anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I'm I'm watching this and I'm like, uh, oh, and Stefan was never into you. Yeah. So you two never hooked up. I call bullshit on that. Stefan me thinks you kissed at least a couple times. Yeah. And maybe you didn't like date. I'm ready to kiss Lexi right now. And she's not even saying this to me. She's saying this to someone else. Yeah. If she said that to me. Looking at me. I turned my humanity back on right then and there. Exactly, I'm set, bitch. I'm sorry, I won. So then we go back over to the lake house and Stefan kind of sums up the point as to why he told this story. He says, you know, Lexi taught me, she convinced me to fight for a better way for my survival. And he's like, and that's what I want you to do is to fight for your own survival. And he kisses her forehead and clearly he's gotten through to her, but he does leave her alone to kind of sit with this new information. Yeah, let her kind of understand that and come back to him and say, like you're right. Instead of waiting there and being like, so being like, did you get it? So you got the message I gave you. I, I did. I told you so. Right. Yeah. He's like, I'll let her come to me with that. Yeah. <laughs> he said, Mike, drop. So then we go over to the Salvatore dungeon. Damon and Alaric are dropping Elijah's body off in one of the dungeons. And Alaric is like, you know, you said there would be no violence. And Damon says, you know, you killed him. Yeah, Damon's like, I didn't do anything, buddy. And Alaric is not happy to have that put in his face. And he says, I took the shot because there was an opening, but I did not want to do this with Jenna in the house, BTW. And I made that clear. Yeah. And Alaric says, look, Damon, I'm your friend and you don't have any friends. So please stop lying to me. <laughs> Damon's like, well, how do I not have any friends? If you just said you're my friend. He's like, you're my friend. And Elena's sometimes my friend. <laughs> He said, "I have at least two friends. I have one and a half at the minimum. Yeah, <laughs> depending on you know the time of day, depending on what Stefan or Elena might be feeling." So then we go back over to the lake house where Elena again is reading. She does a lot of reading this episode. It keeps um, you quiet, literate queen. Yeah. <laughs> and Stefan says, "Hey, so great news. Elijah's dead. Alaric did it. All good stuff." And Elena says, "You know the reason the dagger." would kill a vampire if they use it, is that the originals believe in truth and honor and that vampires shouldn't kill other vampires, which, I mean, I think that kind of changed over time because we've seen Elijah kill some vampires, but whatever. She said that and I was like, okay, that has never limited anyone, but you know, whatever at the time. But the truth and honor thing, we can relate to Elijah at least. And he's the only original we know right now. And we can track that through like what we've heard about other originals. That it seems like if everyone's truthful and honest, like, then we're good. It's when people start doing the trickery that they start getting punished. Yeah. Elena says, so that's why the dagger would take both lives. And she said, and you know what? As long as the dagger stays in place, the original is for all intents and purposes dead. And Stefan says, what? Stefan's like, wait. Which, like. They could have left the dagger in there, but obviously they took it out because they were like, well, we might have to kill Cloud. Yeah, I would never assume that that dagger has to stay in. So if I'm Elena, I think I would have made that pretty clear. But maybe she didn't get to that paragraph in time. I don't know. She doesn't seem that concerned by revealing that information. You know, she also just learned about the dagger today. They all know about this dagger. So it's not crazy that she would think that they knew that. Yeah. And she just learned it today. But it is funny that she's like, I mean, she obviously was able to be like, oh, you guys don't know Kill a Vampire. Like, oh, my God. But then she just stopped reading for a little bit until they took the dagger out. And Stefan very quickly, like, panics. He's like, oh, shit. He runs to grab his phone. And then we see in the Salvatore dungeon, Damon running downstairs and there's no body in the dungeon. So Damon sees Elijah's gone. And then we quickly go over to the Martin house. We check in with Jonas. Elijah comes in and he says, hey, find Elena now. If I'm Elijah, I'm taking the dagger with me. Yeah. Maybe he just didn't have the time to grab it. Couldn't be sneaky enough, whatever. But because that's what I was like. Well, where'd the dagger go? Maybe Elijah took that. I think he like broke open the door and he left. And I think the dagger was probably up where the others were. Yeah. So he would have to basically let them know he was alive to get it he thought he could get to Elena and take her before they could figure out he was alive. Well, the top priority for him is getting Elena alive. Like he's obviously pissed at these people and he would kill them, but he's like, look, if I kill them now, there's still a chance. Elena will somehow get away. I need to go get this doppelganger. And he can kill them at any time. So he could go get Elena and then post sacrifice, go find them and kill them all. Yeah. He's got time. He's he's been alive for a long time and he'll be alive for a lot longer is what he is thinking. So then we go over to the Gilbert house where Bonnie and Jeremy are on their little not date date. Bonnie's practicing fire stuff and Jeremy asks how it works. And she says, oh, it's channeling like you can channel an element, whatever. And Jeremy's like, oh, well, you could channel me since the human body is mostly water, which is an element. Seems like Jeremy learned what an element was this week in science class. (laughs) And (laughs) Bonnie's like, maybe. So it's very sweet. I think it's funny because you know that's not true. But Bonnie was like, let's see. (laughs) I know. It's an excuse for her to touch his chest. So she's like, oh, let's try. And so she like touches his chest. There's a little bit of like romantic tension. And then the door slams open and in comes Dr. Merton. The moment is over. The moment is way over. He basically like pins Jeremy to the wall with some magic really quick. And then he goes up to Bonnie and he says, hey, what did my son tell you? And Bonnie should say, like, I don't know what you're talking about. He told me nothing, blah, blah, blah. But I get the move here, which is basically to try to get them on her side. She says, he told me about your daughter, how Klaus has her. I want to help you get her back. And I want us to all work together. Now, Jonas isn't really looking for new alliances at the moment because he's got one very important alliance, and that is an original, which is, no offense, stronger than a 16-year-old witch. Yeah, who just learned she was a witch. And honestly, even if she had not told him that Luca told her something, I think he would have pulled that information out with his own spell. Like, this would have come out. He would have done the same exact spell. Exactly. And better and faster. So Dr. Martin grabs Bonnie by her face and says, this is for your own good. And he does a spell and she cries. And then he like drops her on the ground and he says, hey, you know, if any harm comes to my son because of you, you will be answering to me, BTW. He leaves. And as soon as the door closes, Jeremy falls from the wall. So Jeremy goes up to Bonnie and he hugs her while she's crying and he asks what happened. And Bonnie says that Dr. Martin took her powers. How permanent you think this is? You think Bonnie's going to be without her powers for a while? I think at least for a while, I don't think it's like permanent, permanent. I think it can be undone. I think probably what he did was just like block them. Yeah. The same way you would block a tomb door, for example. It was pretty clear when he was doing this. I was like, well, he's going to at the minimum take away some powers because clearly she's complicating his plan. And yeah, obviously in theory, she could help, but he's like, look, I just need my daughter back. And if I have this little group of ragtag people trying to fuck with the originals, it's going to probably hurt my plan. So the less power they have from a witch, the better. I could just focus on me. But I think, like, she'll get her powers back. Sure. I think it'll be at least an episode before she does. But they're not gone forever. So then we go back over to the lake house where Elijah has arrived. He grabs a bunch of little rocks, similarly to how he grabbed a bunch of quarters at the coffee shop. This is clearly his, you know, a reliable move, his signature move, his signature walk. It's a cool move. (laughs) Yeah, it works. It's effective. Stefan and Elena realize that he's here. They clock that he's here. And Elijah throws the rocks and he basically breaks the door off the hinges, breaks it open. And Elena tells Stefan, you know, I need to talk to Elijah alone. He can't come in the house, so I'm safe. And Elijah says, hey, BTW, I may not be able to come in, but I am very patient and I will wait you out. Yeah. Because where else is he going to be? Yeah, what else is he going to do? It's not going to take that long. There's only so many ways out and Elijah's a lot faster and stronger than them. And they know that. And see, I wasn't convinced that he had to be invited in, honestly. Yeah. I thought that was an original's power, but this does seem to confirm that he does have to be invited in. Yes, that's an excellent point. So Elena shows up in the doorway. She says, how y'all doing? <laughs> how y'all doing? <laughs> Elena says, first and foremost, uh, they shouldn't have done what they did. Yeah, she's like, look, I was not in the loop on the killing you plan. I want to make that clear off the top. And just says, okay, so the deal is off. <laughs> and she's like, oh, see, I don't like that though. Yeah, Elena says, actually, no, we're just going to renegotiate. And he was like, Why would I negotiate with you, you fucking 17-year-old human? It's all confidence. Elijah says, you have nothing left to negotiate with. And Elena says, you want to fucking bet? Elena says, I've got one very important thing. And Stefan is eavesdropping as all this is happening. Elena pulls out a knife and Elijah kind of rolls his eyes because he sees where this is going. Yeah. And Elena says, you're going to have a lot of trouble luring Klaus to Mystic Falls once the doppelganger bleeds to death. And Elijah says, yeah, Stefan's not going to let you die. So I'm not taking this seriously. And Elena says, you're right. He won't. He'll heal me with his blood. And then I'll kill myself and become a vampire, just like Catherine did. So we're going to keep our deal. This is kind of the only move left. Uh, I do think she would have chickened out killing herself. But hard to say. I mean, if she has blood, Stefan could have snapped her neck, done it for You know? Exactly. And I think Stefan would have done it given... The circumstances. So Elena takes this time to make it very clear that say, like, I want to keep her a deal. No one I care about gets hurt, even if they've tried to hurt you. Because she's like, look, clearly Damon's going to keep trying this shit. So I might as well add a add a rider. And Elijah can see that, like, she's right. This is the only bargaining chip she has. And it's a good one if she goes through with it. So Elijah says, I'm sorry, Elena, but I have to call you a bluff." And she's like, okay, like I was hoping we wouldn't get to this. But she was like, you know, that is fair enough. So I, I guess I got to do this now, huh? She says, okay, bluff called. Um, And she takes the knife and it takes her a second. Yeah, she does have to psych herself up a little bit because she is about to stab herself. Yeah, it is not fun. You can see her talking herself through it. Like, okay, I'm going to heal. I'm All right, on three. Yeah, like, but she's like, I just got to fucking do this. I mean, he called my bluff. I've put it out there. I have to do it now. She's like, I guess I'm stabbing myself today. Like, I didn't think this was how this lake vacation was going to go, but. But here we are. So she does stab herself in the stomach. Yeah, she screams. Elijah panics. Neither of them thought she was going to do it. You can tell Elijah really did not think she was going to do it. Because as soon as she stabs herself, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. And pretty quickly, Elijah <laughs> says, okay, fine. You can have your deal. And she says, give me your word. Yeah, she's like, oh, I need to confirm before I do this. And he gives his word. He says, like, okay, let me heal you. And so she goes out of the house to let him. And I don't know where she pulls it from. I don't know how she does it. But she stabs him with the dagger that they have. And he turns gray and veiny. Good for Miss Elena. Imagine if she pulled out the wrong dagger first. I'm like, I'm going to stab myself. And he's like, no, oh, why do you have that dagger? <laughs> Once Elijah's gray and veiny, Elena kind of collapses on the porch. Stefan gives her some blood and heals her and Damon's head pops out. So we know that he got here before Elijah did. That's how this plan got into motion. And Damon, you know, gives a little quick quip. He says, quick tip, uh, don't pull the dagger out. (laughs) And Elena's like, I know, God. Elena's like, ha, 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 ha. She's like, can you let my stab wound heal before you make a joke? (laughs) And so then we go back over to the Gilbert house where Alaric and Jenna are talking about the dinner party. And Alaric's like, hey, where did John disappear to? And Jenna says, maybe where the rest of the dinner party went. Because obviously she went to cook dessert and then she came back and everyone was gone. Yeah, and she was like, okay, well, that was rude. (laughs) And Alaric's like, I'm so sorry. He doesn't really have an excuse for it because he can't come up with something. So at this point, Jenna's tired of it. The confusion is mounting. The paranoia is mounting. So Jenna says, hey, what happened to Isabel? And Alaric's like, oh, so you're just going to ask me this. He's like, oh, so we're doing this. Before I had prepped an answer. (laughs) And Alaric kind of tries to deflect. He notably doesn't answer. He says, like, you know, John just brought that up to stir trouble. And Jenna's like, that is not an answer. Of course, he brought it up to stir trouble. So there is a lie in there yeah consider trouble stirred because if he brought it up to stir trouble and there just wasn't a lie like it wouldn't have stirred any trouble so all this does is confirm he was lying about something Alaric should have been like what happened to Isabel I don't know she's dead yeah like she's dead they never found her body I don't know yeah I wish I knew he feels really bad about lying so obviously you can tell Alaric is dancing around the idea of telling her about vampires so he doesn't have a lie prepared Yeah. He's feeling pretty guilty about it. So he doesn't feel comfortable doing like a full lie again. Cause he's like, well, I do want to tell her the truth, but I just like, that's a lot more complicated. That's a longer conversation than an after dinner argument. And so Laura just tries to deflect and basically say like, I don't want to talk about it. And Jenna says, you know, I've been worried that it's me that I'm reading into things and that I should trust you. But then I think maybe you're not being honest with me. So let me just ask you point blank. Are you being honest with me? And Alaric does not answer at all. So the answer is no, that I mean, that's pretty obvious yeah, she- and good for Jenna because she has sat through some real losers of men. So she's like, no, I'm not doing that again. And Alaric understands that he's damaged this. Jenna knows it's the answer. She says that's an answer. Alaric nods and Jenna kind of storms off. And Jenna is gone for not two seconds before John comes in. Can you mind your fucking business for five minutes? It's like he was listening through the door for this fight. And it's like, okay, obviously you wanted this fight to happen. But like, can you not be that big of a dick? Yeah. So he comes in. He says, that was awkward. And, you know- If you really want, I can clear up everything about Isabel tomorrow. First of all, I don't know if he could. The damage is kind of already done. Jenna already lost the trust. It's not something like John can fix by Alaric just giving John what he wants. Yeah, what's John going to say? Like, he's just going to make up a lie, uh, just a different lie. Like, Alaric already feels bad about lying. Like I think the way Alaric wants out of this is to tell Jenna the truth, but he just hasn't figured out how to do that yet. Yeah, Because that's like not really a decision just for him because that does alter like Elena's life, Stefan and Damon's life and like- And Bonnie's and Caroline's, I mean, and Jeremy's. Yeah, everyone's. It brings a lot more people into it. So that's why he like didn't want to do it. Cause he's like, I haven't thought through how this affects everyone. Cause you know, she's not as team Gilbert as much of this family, but there's still a lot to unpack before you can feel comfortable having the girl who you're the guardian for Hang out with her vampire boyfriend Alaric probably feels like it's not really his decision to make when Jenna gets told that it's really more Elena and Jeremy's and Elena and Jeremy are like oh, we're not telling Jenna shit so it's all bad but Alaric finally just gives John what he wants he takes off the ring and puts it down and says you know what you want it take it after what you did to Damon you're gonna need it a lot more than me which is a cool quip gets him at the end there like, John can't go up to Jenna tomorrow and be like, you know, I was just saying that to stir up trouble. Jenna's going to be like, well, I asked him if he was being honest with me and he didn't say yes. So I think he's lying anyway, no matter what you said. Yeah, and it's worth noting again, having the ring is great if no one knows what it is. John, everyone who hates you knows what that ring does. Not a protection. Yeah. Yeah. And also, need I mention, you've still got a cast on your hand for when Catherine cut off your fingers. So where's the ring going to go? The other hand, I guess. I know, but still. It's a toe ring. (laughs) It's a toe He wears it on his toe. Harder to get. Yeah, John is on borrowed time as it is. (laughs) What's your over-under on John dying? I honestly, like, I am not as convinced he'll die soon just because he's so fucking obnoxious and weaselly he'll find a way out of things. Yeah. But- You know, I'm sorry. He's teamed up with Catherine and Isabel to like beat the originals. If Catherine and Isabel have to hand him over to someone to die, they will in a second. Yeah. There will be no, no hesitation. Like he is an easy one to kill. No one would fight for him. Yeah. That's why he needs the ring. Someone will fight to protect a He's like, I'm not on the list. I need that ring. He's not on anyone's list. Like, not a single person. So he does actually deserve that ring the most. He's like, I don't want to make it whatever, but people like y- you a lot more than me, Rick. And that's the thing is alert kind of knows it. So he does have a little bit of power because he's like, the only reason you need this ring is because everyone hates you. At least people like me. At least I have friends. At least I got invited to a dinner party. Yeah, I got invited to this party. You just showed up. So then we go back down to the Salvatore dungeon where they are dropping off Elijah's body again, hopefully for good this time. Damon checks his pockets and luckily he has the moonstone on him. So that's great. That's handy. And Elena says, okay, so let's just keep that dagger in. The first question, I think there's a fairly obvious answer. Do you think this is the last we'll see of Elijah? If they want to kill another original, they're going to need this dagger again. Especially since they don't know where John got this one. So they can't go back. I'm under the assumption that there's one dagger. Oh, okay. I guess there could in theory be more, but I'm thinking there's only one. And they have to work under that assumption because they only know of one. I do think this is handy for Elijah and for them because they can kill Elijah, get him out of the way, but at the same time, they can unkill him if they need to. If they really need him back, they can take that dagger right out. And do you think they're going to need Elijah back at some point? One thought I have from this, I've been eagerly anticipating when Klaus will show up. One of the originals being killed seems like a good reason for another original to show up. You think Klaus is imminent? I think Klaus is imminent in general. I don't think he's necessarily the original that would come from this, but I think either Elijah's popping up again soon or it'll be Klaus being like, it's my turn to come to town. Although as far as we understand it, Elijah is the only original that knows the doppelgangers here because he wanted to keep that to himself. Until it was time to tell Klaus. Yeah. So as long as Elijah's dead, no one really knows about the sacrifice. Of course, word is spreading among werewolves. So it's only a matter of time. I mean, I think the werewolves would still be out of luck regardless. I think the one issue with whether Elijah will stay dead or whether this information will stay in Mystic Falls, the Mertens, because they want their fucking sister slash daughter back. So how long do you think Elijah will be dead? And who do you think is going to undead him? I could see another original coming in on undeading him. I could see the Mertens coming and undeading him. I think everyone else, won't feel the need to do that unless like Klaus comes and they're like, Oh, it's actually more important that we kill him. So we're going to take the stagger back really quick. Do you think that when Elijah is undead, that he will be on the Salvatore and Elena's side, or do you think that's going to be his first stop is killing them? I think he'll have bigger concerns because I think he wants to be the one to bring the doppelganger to Klaus. So he can get back into the graces and kill Klaus And he must, you know, he had a plan to kill Klaus that had nothing to do with his dagger, evidently, because he didn't have this dagger. So that's one thing. But I think once the doppelganger news is out, he's going to have other stuff to deal with. Like, I think he would circle around to killing them at some point. But also going off that, like, Catherine could come wake Elijah up and be like, okay, let's go sort this out. Because clearly Isabel and Catherine have their own plan of what they want to do with Klaus for whatever reason. They don't even want him to make it to Mystic Falls. There's a range of things that could happen. Elijah could stay dead. I think the fact that it's as easy as pulling a dagger out makes it hard for me to believe he'll stay dead in this dungeon. Sure, that's It just seems too simple to undo for it to not be undone. Yeah. So Elena starts to leave because it's been a long day for her. And then she says, you know what? You guys want me to fight? Fine, I'll fight, but you can't keep anything from me anymore. From this moment on, we're doing it my way. To which I would say we've kind of been doing it your way so far. But the boys agree. They were kind of like, okay, well, you know, we're always going to do it your way, quote unquote, until you make a bad decision, though. Yeah, like this, this doesn't really alter how they're moving forward with it. But they're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. We'll go with you because you know, why fighter on this? yeah the only real difference of opinion they had is that she was like i want to die and now she's like "Mm, actually i maybe don't want to die so they're like great now on the same page i think she probably was like i want to die because that's the easiest way out of this yeah that can keep everyone safe but for her elijah's dead other people don't know the doppelgangers there she's like okay maybe we're good Mm -hmm. or at least we might not have as many problems as we thought we did Elena leaves and Damon mentions to Stefan that he's like clocked her change of attitude and asks how Stefan did it. And Stefan's like, well, I told her a little bit of a story about myself. And Damon realizes that the story was about Lexi and Stefan says, remember her. And Damon's like, obviously I do. I mean, he like, he clearly looks like sorry about that. Yeah. So then we go back to 1864 really quick and Damon's got his suitcase and he's leaving town as promised. And Lexi says, going somewhere. And Damon's like, oh, you must be the vampire who my brother complains about. And Lexi says, and you must be the brother who hates him. And Damon says, yeah, well, we're at irreparable odds. So that's kind of just where it is. (laughs) And Lexi says, hey, just so you know, all that hate you feel like towards your brother and towards the world, you think you have it under control, but you don't. And it will get the best of you. And he says, "Okay." (laughs) He said, sure. Fair enough. Yeah, he very much ignores that comment because he's like, I don't really have time to deal with that right now. And he tells Lexi to help Stefan because he needs it. And Lexi says, yeah, I will. That's the plan. Well, I think this is sad and, you know, not sad because I think it's clear from this and from this earlier conversation Damon had with Stefan when he's dancing with all the ladies, Damon wanted to help Stefan not be this like ripper type of vampire. He wanted that. He tried to tell him. Stefan was not about to listen to Damon. Yeah, Damon didn't feel like he could help him. He couldn't. I mean, he was like, he's not going to listen to me. He's going to do his own thing. And I'm just going to get my feelings hurt being around this. Yeah. So I think Damon is happy Lexi was there to help him because Damon was like, he's never going to listen to me, but he needs to listen to someone. So thank God he found someone. And I think it makes sense that Damon didn't leave town until Stefan found someone that would help him. Mm -hmm. So I don't think Stefan is really noting how much care there was in Damon's actions then. Yes. Ain't that the truth. So they go back to the Salvatore house in present day where Damon goes up to his bedroom and he hears the shower on. So he's like, oh, Andy, I thought you left, but it's not Andy. It's Catherine in the full nude asking for a rope. Obsessed. The girl knows how to make an entrance, baby. Yeah. How how long was she in that shower? She's pretty as fuck. She's like, he's going to get up here eventually. She's like, I can hear him downstairs. Why is he still talking to Stefan about Lexi? She's like standing in the front of the shower where the water can't get her. She's like, if I'm in here too fucking long, my hair's going to frizz. Yeah. She's like, who are the fuck up. Get up here. <laughs> and he says, hey, how'd you get out? And she says, dumbass. She says, oh, you fool. <laughs> you fool. She says, I knew that if I begged you not to kill Elijah, that's exactly what you would do. You know, yes, originals can compel other the vampires, but if they die, the compulsion wears off. So when you kill Elijah, I'm free. And Damon like takes a second to be like, mm, oops, I probably should have guessed. It takes a second to be like, okay, yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. I should have thought about that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, I did miscalculate that. But she says, hey, listen, I'm still here. I didn't run away. So I meant what I said, and I'm going to help you. I mean, she did stay. I'll say that's true. Yeah. Damon looks a little bit unsure about it. But I mean, she raises an interesting point. So do you think Catherine is going to help her ragtag bunch of heroes? I think she's going to help Isabelle and John. And that may overlap into helping them somehow, but she's not here to help them. Yeah. Catherine is not here to save Elena's life. Let's say that. That has never been her goal. That's the end of our episode. We are now obviously going deep into. Into the originals chapter, which feels like a sign that Klaus is coming. Santa Klaus is coming to town. Ain't that the truth? And so previously you had made a prediction for when you thought Klaus would come to town. That episode has passed and obviously things have changed since you made that prediction. When do you think we will meet Klaus knowing what we know now? And keep in mind, this was episode 15 and there's 22 episodes this season. I'm going to say it's either next episode or episode 19. Here's my question. I'm going to tell you that we do have an episode that is called Klaus. What number do you think that episode is going to be? It's either next episode or episode 19. All right. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) I'm sticking with those. 16 or 19. Are you excited to meet Klaus? I am so excited. I'm more excited to meet him than I was to meet Catherine. And that's saying something. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to meet him. I'm ready. Hopefully it's soon. Because I do know what he looks like. And I think he's going to be even hotter when I see him on the show. Because I've only seen like a couple pictures. Do you know if he has any accent? I don't. But now I'm excited. <laughs> at the possibility Since I know he was an English nobleman for some time. But that is the end of this episode. As always, if you are enjoying The Vampire Diaries or Doppelgangers or both please feel free to recommend them to your friends. And if you want to show your support, we would always love to see a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Podcast. see what's going on through the week. But that's it for this week. So we'll see you guys next week. For now, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.